Okay. Um, good morning. As you can tell, I'm still after davening, and I'm in regular, regular schedule, like we see in shul. I'm trying to make believe I'm in shul. Okay, fine. Here we go. Um, I would like to say something this morning, which I've never said before in my life. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of a chiddush. Like to disagree with me? You're welcome to do so. And I would like to. Um, um, I would say connect the dots of what we've been talking about over the last number of weeks and even uh, something we spoke about over the last number of months. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to um, attach ourselves back to where we were. If anybody has any issues, please once again unmute yourself. Last week we spoke about the meat of Kas. Kas is of anger and how destructive anger can be. Based on the Pesach in Mishle, based on, on the Mishnah and Pirke of us. Uh, today, I'd like to um, continue with that theme, but I would like to introduce something which um, which we don't speak about too often, and it's connected to yesterday's Parsha, and um, it's connected to life in general. There is something that was done in the base of Migdash on a daily basis, twice a day. And that, that's called the Ketoris. The Ketoris are really incense. We're not into incense, Bechlal. We only know about people doing it. Incense means that they took a number of ingredients, they burnt them, they ground them up, mixed them together, and then put them on the Mizbeach HaZohov, which was inside the Beis HaMikdash, inside what's called the Heichal, to the exclusion of the Mizbeach HaNechoshesh, the Mizbeach which was outside in the courtyard of the base of Migdash. Okay, now, um, these incense were burnt by the Kohen Gadol, and as I mentioned, all the ingredients were put together, and um, this fire spread this uh, incredible fragrance. Now, um, we spoke about the fact that uh, right now, every day, I don't know how many people are doing it, we're still doing it in all the minyanim, we say the Ketores, the Ketores, we say it twice a day, before Mincha we say it, and in Shachos we say it be during the Kabbonis. Pitama Ketores, we say it now twice a day. The reason we say it is because of Kivega mentioned that the Ketores in the Torah is the uh, is that which was used in Parshas Korach to save the Magefa from Kali Yisrael. People were dying, were saved. Gefa was saved. So Kivega suggests that during the time of a pandemic, time of Magefa, people should say the Parsha of the Ketaris, which is what we do. We say the Parsha of Ketaris. Excellent. Now, as I said, Ketaris means you take these incense, you put them together, grind them together, and burn them. Burn them. The fragrance went from the base of Migdash, says the Gemara in Yuma. From the base of Migdash, the fragrance was felt all the way to Yericho. Now, Yericho was about uh, 130,000 feet from Yerushalayim. I'm using that measurement because the Gemara talks about it, Parsos. Uh, 130,000 feet, we're talking uh, I don't know, 40 miles, 50 miles. It's, it's a distance away. I don't know how far. How far is Yericho from Yerushalayim? Anybody know? We don't know. Okay, whatever it is, it's a, it's a faraway place. And the Gemara says 
that the fragrance of the burning of the Ketores on the Mizbeach in the Beis HaMikdosh was heard, was felt, and was smelt, was smelled all the way in Yericho, all the way in Yericho. As a matter of fact, Gemara says that women needed no, had no reason to perfume themselves because the entire area was saturated with this incredible fragrance that came from the Mizbeach. That's what it says. Which, of course, is astounding. Astounding. The Gemara says a thousand years after Shiloh was destroyed, the fragrance of the Ketores, which was burnt in Yericho while the, while the Mishkan was in, in Shiloh, excuse me, while the Mishkan was in Shiloh, a thousand years after the Mishkan was destroyed in Shiloh, they could still smell the fragrance in Shiloh. In different parts of the wood, of the Mishkan, whatever it was, they could still smell it. It's unbelievable. Ketores. Now, we said, I said, we're going to keep, we're going to attach things. We said that Shuas is called Yom Bikurim, the day of the fruits. Why is it called day of the fruits? Because the day of the fruits means fruits are something which man does not need to exist. Fruits are dessert. We said the Aruch HaShulchan says this, the Daki Musa says this, if we would live by bread, meat, potatoes, vegetables, we would survive. Fruits are dessert. Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us a dessert. He did us a tremendous toiva, a tremendous chesed, that he gave us dessert. Sweet things for dessert. Sweet things for dessert. There's something else in the world that is also kind of like a dessert. We don't need this to function. Again, we can live with bread and water and, and meat and potatoes and vegetables, etc. But Kodesh Baruch Hu gave it to us. What is that? That is Fragrance. Fragrance. You don't need fragrance. Kodesh Baruch created flowers with an incredible fragrance. Fragrance. Now, once again, we are after Shuas now. A week after Shuas. But there's something we have to mention about Shuas which will relate to us as well. We no longer do this in Klal Yisrael. There are a few places that do it to a certain level, but this is what used to happen in a shul 300 years ago. You walked into a shul on Shuas 300 years ago. There were flowers. Mine asovim. There were flowers. And besides flowers, there was also trees. And the Vilna Goyen said, the reason why we stopped bringing trees into shul, and I don't know what the history is, I didn't check it out. When the non-Jews of the world, on their holidays, started utilizing trees, so the Vilna Goyen said we should stop using trees. Okay, whenever that happened, sometime in the 1700s, I don't know when trees became popular by the non-Jews for utilization at their holidays. However, however, trees and flowers, when you walked into Shul on Shavuos, you felt a burst of aroma, an incredible fragrance. And that was to remind us what Hasinai was like. I don't know if any of you ever experienced this. When I was growing up, as you all know, on the farm, and we had a sukkah on the farm, and the schach was made out of pine trees. We'd go into the fields, and we'd cut pine, fresh pine, and put it up on the, uh, on the roof of the sukkah. That was the schach. We also, I still remember my Bobby Al-Shobah and my mother Al-Shobah hanging apples, fresh fruit. When you walked into the sukkah, the first night of sukkah, 
you were hit with this incredible fragrance. Nowadays, you walk into our sukkahs, we're hit with beauty. We have beautiful sukkahs, and we have, they're made of plastic and wood and decks and, and bamboo and pictures of gedolim and all different types of things, but there's no fragrance in the sukkah. I'm not saying you need a fragrance in the sukkah. I'm saying that, that fragrance doesn't exist in the sukkah. The shul used to be full of fragrance. It was a fragrance in the shul. And that fragrance was to remind us of what Matan Torah was like, because the Torah says by Matan Torah that there were, there were flowers. The trees, as because as we mentioned last week, Shuas is the time that we judged on Paris Elon. So we brought trees, literally trees into Shul. We brought flowers into Shul, and it gave this incredible fragrance that permeated the whole room. And that also took place on Shabbos, excuse me. That also took place in houses. The Ramah says that by Shuas time, not only we put flowers and trees in Shul, we put it into our houses, also to remind us that our houses are also like the Mokoi of Arsina. Incredible concept. Now, I would like to suggest, I said this on Friday, I spoke about it, gave a word for Shabbos. I'd like to tie this all, I'll show you where I'm going. I'd like to suggest, I don't know why this is, I'm not sure. When you go to a person's house, very often, for a meal, either you bring dessert, chocolate, candy, or you bring flowers. I'm not saying this a minute in Shulchan Aruch, it's interesting that you bring, very often, not all the time, very often, we bring things that are not needed to, to, to exist. We bring fragrance and we bring sweet tastes. Those are the two things that we don't need. Those are the desserts that Akash Baruch created in the world. He created fruit, which gives us all of our sweetness. He created these fragrances. Again, we don't need them to exist, but HaKadosh Baruch gave them to us to exist. It's an incredible concept. Incredible concept. The taste, the sweetness comes from the fruit, and the fragrance comes from the flowers and the trees. But there was something else which gave off this fragrance, which gave it off to such an incredible degree. That's the Ketoris. We just mentioned the Ketoris, the incense that were burnt on the Mizbeach. It says in this week's parsha. Rashi says it's the only time it was done. The Nisim, when they brought their Korbanus, the longest parsha in the world, all the elaboration, the repetition of the Nisim, when the Nisim brought their Korbanus, they brought kaf achas, a spoon, asarazov, malaya, ketores, full of ketores. Tagum says ketores busmaya, the ketores that had this incredible fragrance. Rashi says, unbelievable thing, that this that we brought, Ketores, there's no such thing as Ketores being brought by a Yachid. As a matter of fact, it's also for an individual to make Ketores, to mimic the Ketores. So this is the rice. Nevertheless, here it was an exception. The only time they brought Ketores by Yochid and placed it on the Mizbeach HaChitzon, and this is a Rosh shows a special dispensation on this day of Echad Benissim when the Nesim brought the Gemara's special dispensation. There's much to be said about the Ketores. Maybe we'll talk about it through the through the next few weeks. Bez Hashem Baruch will get back to Shul as well. At least it'll open up the Shul a little bit more this Shabbos. More people will be able to attend. But but the ketores, this this smell, is something that we'll see that that's, again, that was used by the Magaifa, but before the Magaifa, Korach, Akadosh Baruch Hu, 
Moshe Rabbeinu said in the name of Kodesh Baruch Hu, everybody will bring Ketores, we'll see which one of Kodesh Baruch Hu will want. There's a lot going on about the Ketores. Not for now, I just want to, I just want to allude to that. Now, so we now have the connection. We have Kaas's anger, which is very destructive. And then we have Ketores, this concept of Ketores, which is pleasant, which shows a Kodesh Baruch Hu's special relationship to us, as does fruits, the sweetness of the fruits. Okay, fine. Now I want to change subjects for a second, and I want to bring it all back. There's a very difficult parsha in this week's Sedra, and that parsha is the parsha of Saita. If you have a Chumash in front of you, it's fine. If you don't have a Chumash in front of you, I'm going to read, I want to read one or two Psukim. To understand this concept of the Sota. The Sota was a woman who was engaged, we're not, we don't know for sure, but she was engaged in activity that was definitely improper. She had Yichud, she was alone with a man. Her husband became suspicious. Her husband warned her, I don't want you to be alone with that man. And after warning her, she went again and was alone with the man. We have no Aiden, we have no witnesses, we don't know what they did behind closed doors. But if she was already warned, and then after being warned by her husband not to have Yichud, not to be in a room alone with this man, and she did it anyways, then she has to drink the waters. Besides drinking the waters, she had to bring a carbon. And that carbon was a carbon mincha. She brought this carbon, carbon mincha. What's carbon mincha? Carbon mincha is a carbon made out of flour. Says the Pasik, she brought a carbon mincha. This is in Pasik Perik Hay. Pasik Tesvov. The woman came to the Kayin. The husband brought the woman to the Kayin. Baby is Kabbalah Allah. I see her safer. Kemach flour, Saorim. Barley flour. No carbon is made out of barley flour. Barley is very coarse. Very coarse flour. We use wheat flour for all the Kabbalists. Then we use barley flour. And Rashi quotes a Chazal, unbelievable Chazal. Saorim, Velochitim, not wheat. She didn't act like a behemoth, like an animal. Her carbon is the food of an animal. Animal, in the time of Chazal, animal, right now they still do it. Animals ate barley. Barley was coarse. Animal stomachs can tolerate barley. Humans cannot tolerate barley as well. Humans eat wheat. Animals eat barley. You bring a carbon and a barley to signify what she did. And then many, many things that she did there is no oil on her carbon because oil represents light and she doesn't have any light on her carbon. There's no frankincense. Rashi says the Imos, Sora, Rivka, Rachel, Valeya are called Levona, they compared to the moon, a Pasuk and Shirashirim, and she separated from the ways of the Imos, a lack of Tzniyas, promiscuous behavior, therefore there was no Levona gracing her carbon, etc., etc., etc. So this act is something that we are not happy with. She defiled the relationship between her and her husband. She has to drink the water. If she doesn't die, that means she didn't do anything catastrophic. She just did things that was, so to speak, a minor offense, and then everything can be put back together in the marriage, etc. However, it says like this. It starts off and it says, Ish, Ish. This is a Pasuk Yudbeis. Ish, Ish, Ki, Sister, Ish, A man, a man, 
gets involved with a woman, so the Torah says a very interesting thing. Ish, ish. Repetition of the word ish, ish. Twice. Man, man. What does it say man, man twice for? So Rashi says, La medcha. She rebelled against two men. Which two men? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sometimes referred to as an Ish. The Isha Milamata and her husband down here. How did she rebel? What does it mean? What's the significance? Every time a person does an Avera, they're doing something against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's the significance here of stating that this woman, by doing what she did, not only she rebelled against her husband, but also against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's the Pshat? What does it mean? What did she do? What, what did she do here? What did she do? And then I want to conclude. It says that this carbon, she brought this carbon, Mincha, I just mentioned, it's called Minchas Kinoos. It's a Mincha of Kinoos. Now, Kinoos only means jealousy. So Rashi says, Minchas Kinoos, she had two jealousies that occurred because of her. Kinoos ha-mokai, Kinoos ha-bao. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's and her husband's Kinoos. What does this mean? What does it mean? A kiddush baruchu's kina, her kina. What, what does it mean? What's going on? Two years ago in shul, I expect everybody to remember this. Okay, I'll test you right now. Two years ago in shul, Pasha's pinchas, we spoke about the word kina. Pinchas, pinchas did an act of kanos. Now the word kina means jealousy. The word kina means revenge. And the word kina means kanos. A kanoi. What's a good word? Somebody, somebody unmute themselves. Don't know what the word a kanoi in English. What's a good word for a kanoi? Anybody know? Who? Zealousness. Zealousness. Very good. Zealousness. Zealot. So we have kina means revenge. Kina means jealous, and kina means a zealot. They're all related. They're all related. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that Pinchas did me a great favor. He recognized that somebody was doing something here that was incorrect. Incorrect. That creates anger. Now sometimes what happened was, we're talking about a low-level person. He starts off, he becomes jealous. The jealousy leads to anger. I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. I don't want to admit I'm jealous. I make up a whole story. And maybe I get angry with you. And I say all types of things about you. Because I'm really jealous of you. That's that's going one end. The other end is, or or I get angry at you, I'm jealous of you, I take revenge on you. But then there's another situation, which is the opposite. Somebody does an Avera. Somebody does an Avera. And that Avera goes, Then there is something called a Kanoya Zealot. Zealot has a bad name in the world. Because everybody thinks that every Zealot and every act of jealousy is wrong. It's not true. Very often there are acts of zealousness that are wrong. No question about it. That's not a zealot. That's a person who is uh, crying under the banner of, of, of being a, a zealot. But he's not a zealot. Pinchas was a zealot. Pinchas saw that something was being done. He got up and did what was supposed to be done. It's not easy to do it. It's a kanoi. That's when you start the cheshman from the right spot and then go. Pinchas killed somebody. He killed a Nasi. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu said he did a tremendous act of achdus. 
an act of sholom. We forget about this. We spoke about this many times. People tend to forget about it. People give Pinchas a bad rap. Akadosh Baruch Hu gave him a great rap. Akadosh Baruch Hu gave him a bris of sholom. Akadosh Baruch Hu said he created actors in Klai Yishol. He saved Klai Yishol with his act of zealousness. Moshe Rabbeinu told him to do it. Okay. Listen to this. Marriage is not is not a contract between two people. Only. Marriage is a contract between a husband and a wife with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Ishvisha, Ishvisha, man and woman. Zohu, if they merit, Shina Benam. We spoke about this many times, a famous Gemara insight. It's a three-way deal. It's not a two-way deal. And if Shama Zalman said, when he was walking home from Yeshiva and cleaning off his lapels, and the, and the, and the, and the person accompanying said, what are you doing? What, 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 are you having a guest in the house? He said, yes, the Shechina resides in my house. The Shechina resides in my house. He was, he was coming from Yeshiva going home. The Shechina resides in my house. We've spoken about this many times. Minchas Kinos means, says Rashi, says Chazal, ish, ish. A Saita is a woman who disturbed and disrupted the relationship between herself and her husband and the relationship between herself, her husband, and God. Ish, ish. Shemayelas b'shtayim b'ish molchama shalmayla b'isha molamata minchas kinoos. It's translated as a mincha of jealousy. That's not really the exact translation. She was moeresh tekinoos. Two kinds of anger: the kinna from Hakadosh Baruch Hu and from her husband. Okay. I like to propose, Rabbi Sai, that the activities of this parsha, and maybe it's no coincidence that both things are in the same parsha. Kas, as we spoke about last week, how destructive it can be, so too can an act of destruction between a husband and wife, so destructive. A person is destroying that relationship which brings Shekhinah into a person's life. A husband and wife that brings Shekhinah into a person's life. HaKadosh Baruch is unhappy with these people. Unhappy with people who do things especially in the area of promiscuity. That's what happened in Pasha's Pinchas. Nebuchadnezzar, what happened with Shevet Shimon. Kodesh Baruch was furious. Furious. He was saying he was going to destroy all the Klal Yisrael. And Pinchas is one act of killing Zimri ben Solo that saved Klal Yisrael. It was an act of Kanoyas at the highest level of Shem Shemayim. Fine. Fine. One side, there is Ketiris, Kodesh Baruch Hu showing us his love for us, his special relationship with us. There are fruits showing his special relationship with us. There's Har Sinai that contains both the fruits and the fragrance, showing his special relationship with us. Incredible. That is the Limud here in this parsha. I'd like to take it one more step, Rabbi Yisai. I never put this together. Bear with me. There is a man, only one man, whose name and his essence is Ketores. Anybody know who that man is? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Anybody know? 
I'll tell you who. The Gemara says in Chulin, Now we're going to go around the world. I told you at the beginning of the year, we're going to connect a lot of dots. The man who represents Ketores is Mordechai. Mordechai's name is found in the Targum on the word Mor. Mor is one of the ingredients that is used in the Ketores that we say now every day. It's translated to English as Mir. I think M-Y-R-H-H. Um, is one of the ingredients used in the Ketores. And Mordechai is represented as the Ketores. Mor Deror. Mor Deror. Ketores. Mordechai brought this pleasant fragrance. Mordechai is the one who turned the tide. HaKadosh Baruch wanted to kill all the Klai Yisrael. Mordechai brought us back. And Mordechai is representative of the Ketores, of that sweetness, of that pleasantness, of the sign that HaKadosh Baruch was happy with us. The essence of the Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash. The essence of the Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash is Yom Kippur. When the Kohen Gadol goes inside the Kodesh Kedoshim, what does he go in with? Anybody know what the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh Kedoshim with? Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, somebody tell me. I'm not going further until somebody tells me. <laughs> no? What are you going to the Kodesh Kedoshim with? Anyan Kippur. I'll give you a hint. He made a cloud. Who? I didn't hear. Say it again, please. Everybody's being so uh, so modest today here. Come on, what's going on? I know you all know the answer. Oh, Shkoyach! The Kohen Gadol, on the holiest day of the year, in the holiest place in the world, with the holiest man representing Klai Yisrael, went into the Kodesh Kedoshim with Ketores. With Ketores. What was in the middle of the Kodesh Kedoshim, Rabbi Say? On the top of the Oren Kodesh. No? What was on the top of the oven? The Kruvim. The Kruvim. What were the Kruvim? What did the Kruvim represent? The children of the what? Ben Israel. Israel. They did represent Ben Israel, but they represented Ben Israel as a man and a woman. The Kruvim represented a man and a woman. A man and a woman. A man and a woman who are married. Say Chazal, they are represented. The marriage between a man and a woman is represented in the, is presented and represented in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Because that relationship has the power to bring down Shtina, and Shtina was in the Kodesh Kedoshim. And who did the Kohen Gadol go in with? What did he go in with? He went in with the Ketiris, who represented this fragrance, represented the special relationship that the Kodesh Baruch has only with Klal Yisrael. On the holiest day of the year, every single day of the year, the Ketiris were burnt on the Mizbeach Chazov, which is close enough. But in Yom Kippur, they were burnt inside the Kodesh Kedoshim. In addition to being burnt on the Mizbeach Chazov.
On the one hand, we have people who destroy that relationship. Ish, ish. They destroy that relationship, Rahman al-Hassan. That's the Saita. The Mincha is called Mincha's Kinos. Destructive. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I want to say a Kiddush. You ready? Are you still with me? I'm wondering. Mordechai represents Ketores. Ketores represents a special feeling between Klag Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh the place where it takes place is inside the Mizbeach, and in Yom Kippur it takes place inside the Kodesh Kedoshim. Inside the Kodesh Kedoshim is the Shechina. Ishvi Isha Shechina Beneim. The Kruvim represent Ishvi Isha. Many other things inside the Kodesh Kedoshim represent the Yonim of marriage between a husband and a wife. The Kodesh Kedoshim. Is it possible to say? Okay, I'm going to take you back now. You ready? We're going back to Purim. Purim this year. You all remember Purim this year. We spoke many times before Purim, after Purim, during Purim about the fact that the greatest sacrifice that there ever was in marriage took place between Mordechai and Esther. Mordechai had a divorce, Esther. Mordechai left. Esther stayed in the palace. Everything we spoke about the whole Purim. Is it possible to say that Mordechai told Esther Mordechai told Esther, in the physical realm of husband and wife, we're separated. We're divorced. Horrible. But in the spiritual realm of husband and wife, in the Kodesh Kedoshim, I'm there. I'm the Keteris. I'm there. And you're with me. Not only waiting for Elam Habba, as we said in Purim. But here, here, the Ketores, we're going to go back there to show, we're going to rebuild the base of Migdash, there's going to be a Kohen Godel, there's going to be Ketores, there's going to be Lothnail Lothnim, that's going to be me and you. I'm Ketores. I'm Ketores. We started off the Mishkan allowing incredible Chiddush, the only time ever we allowed Yechidim to bring Ketores, every Nasi from every Shevet wanted to bring Ketores to lock in that relationship his Shevet locked in that relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the Ketores no other time in history was this ever permitted that a Yochid could bring Ketores, never permitted Kas is completely destructive Jealousy is completely destructive. Revenge is completely destructive. Kanos, zealousness for the sake of for the sake of Hashem, Hashem can bring us all back together. Very hard to know when to do it. The ketores is the parameter or the thermometer, together with sweet, luscious fruit, is the thermometer and the barometer that we have a shaykhus with the bayri. A shaykhus with the bayri.
We don't have Gitaris right now. We don't have a Kayin Gadol right now. We don't have a Beis Amigdash right now. Obviously, we don't have a way to Yom Kippur right now. Isn't it an incredible thing that many people in Klai Yisrael, because of this Rukh Yeger, suggested it, took on the minig. I don't know about this yet. I'm going to wait a little bit more till we get to Pasha's Korah. But right now, I'd like to end by saying the following. Haloi Dovaru. Isn't it something to think about? Haloi Dovaru. I mean, is it something to wonder about? Stand up and say, whoa, what is that? That the way to get rid of a pandemic is to say Pita Makateris twice every day. We want to reinstate the relationship that we have with the Kaddish Baruch. We want to reinstate it. We want that people could say a Kaddish Baruch is upset. Shuls are closed, yeshivas are closed, Baruch Hashem is starting to reopen a little now in some way, shape, manner, and form. So, Chal Yishol jumped to say Ketores. We can't bring Ketores, Chas Shalom. we can't make Ketores. That's awesome. Eventually, Bez Hashem Yisbarach will have Ketores. And that fragrance will be spreading all over Yishalayim, Yishalayim, it spread in, in, in an incredible degree, but it even went to Yericho. I looked, if anybody could find this, I'd be thrilled. It says it went as far as Yericho. The Sherish the, the of, the, of the word Yericho or Reach. I'm wondering if Yericho got its name because of the Reach. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll shame Austin. Yericho got its name earlier than it was Ketoros, but that, that's not a problem. It could be named for what happened in the future. I just don't know if the words, if the words are related. I'd like to think they are. I don't know if they are. But I know one thing that is related. That we, we, are saying Ketoros. Ketoros is a very powerful relationship tool between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says to us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only is with us and likes us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a special relationship with us. He's bringing of gifts. He's bringing us. We are bringing to Him and He's giving us in return gifts of fragrance and gifts of sweet taste. Those are the things that show the relationship is beyond the regular norm. Beyond the regular norm. What should I tell you, Rabbi Sai? I'm wondering. I don't know. I'm wondering. I don't know. I can't tell you anything with definitiveness. I know for sure that Kas creates a break between ourselves and the Kurdish Baruch. I know Kitaris symbolizes some types of incredible aspect of relationship between us and the Kurdish Baruch. I know the Saita destroys that relationship. The Saita not only destroys the relationship between her and her husband, also between her, her herself, her husband, and the Kurdish Baruch. And that marriage that was given up with Mesiris Nefesh for the sake of Kal Yeshua, which is Mordechai and Esther, is represented by a man who personifies Ketores, which shows that the relationship between Mordechai Esther, Klal Yisrael, at that time, was reinstated and reinstalled 
by a person who is Ketores. Um, Ketores. So, uh, wishing all of us Hatzlacha. Maybe we'll soon be able to stop saying Pita Vakitores twice a day. Kassidim still say it twice a day. They say it every Shach, every Vichah, regardless. But we who added it on, we should be Zaycha that, um, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should answer our tefillahs. We should be back in our shuls. And this uh, whole matter should be over. Okay, I'm going to stay on for one more minute in case anybody wants to ask anything and wants to unmute themselves. I'm, I'm willing to listen. If nobody has any questions, then we'll say goodbye. Okay, yes. Any questions by anybody, Rabbi Sach? Okay. So I am uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing everybody had Slacha Rabbi then. We should... Uh, how do you, everybody knows how to unmute themselves and ask a question? There's a button there somewhere, right? Okay, whatever. Yes. Hi, this is Roseanne Arnett. I have, I have a question. Okay. So if you're saying that Mordecai was saying that essentially he was with Esther, then how does that not bring us back to a sort of a spiritual infidelity? Um... I don't think that would be the case because uh, uh, Mordechai was, was, was told Esther Lechatchila when they had to get divorced. Esther's marriage with Achashverosh was really not considered a marriage. Esther's marriage with Achashverosh was all done by Oynes. was all against her will. Even the one time that she went willingly, which forced a divorce, it was only for the sake of Klal Yisrael. It was not a marriage in, in any sense of the word marriage. Physically, I mean, this, these are esoteric concepts here, obviously. Physically, they had to be separated as a husband and wife. But spiritually, I'm not here to tell you what happened in Elam Haba, but there's no way that they, that they aren't together in Elam Haba. It's impossible. That's impossible. Um, so, um, not, again, not that I know, but, uh, you know, that's what I would assume without a Shiloh. Therefore, I, I, I don't think it has any um, uh, shyness or concept of a, of a lack of fidelity. That's what I would say. But I like the way you asked the question. Yes? Thank you. Okay. Okay. Everybody, welcome then. Everything, everybody should have And we should stop. I, I don't like Zoom. I'm just telling you, I don't like Zoom. I don't, I don't like it. Okay, they, they dragged me into it this morning. Maybe, maybe some of you do like it. Fine. I want to be back in shul. I want to be back in shul with, uh, without, uh, without Zoom. Okay. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Just not on such a high level. Go ahead. Um, my question is, what fruit is harvested in the spring? What bikurim are harvested in the spring? Uh, well, well that's, that's a very good question. Um, Shuas is called... Um, Chag HaKotzir in Parshas um, at the end of Parshas Mishpatim um, it's, Pesach is called um, Chag HaOviv Chag HaOviv that's what really means the uh, the spring and um, uh, and, Suk, and, and Shuas is called Chag HaKotzir Chagakotzer is when we uh, when we harvest. Now most of the harvest, or a lot of the harvest, is left to dry out in the field, but some of it is ready at Shuas time. 
Shavuos time. And then Chag. It's not, well, it's not the spring. Shavuos is not really the spring. Shavuos is the beginning of summer. It's not the spring. Okay, so what? What do we harvest then at that time? The shivas aminim. The shivas aminim are all or can all be brought at that time. The all the shivas aminim bikurim starts on Shavuos. You don't have to bring it on Shavuos. That's why Shavuos is called Chaga Bikurim. That's when the fruits are ready to be brought. The fruits are ready to be brought on Shavuos. So um, that's what we do. Which fruits? All the fruits of uh, of Eretz Yisrael. As a matter of fact, uh, we once spoke about this also many years ago, that Rus came into being, her story came into being during the time of the harvest, during the time of the harvest. It's so, okay, barley, but that's not a fruit. No, not barley, not only barley. No, 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 no. The fruits, Bikurim is not barley only. Bikurim is all the fruits. They're all ready. They're all the, the the first ones are ready. They may the entire crop may not be ready, but the first ones are definitely ready. Shavuot. That's why it's called Chagi Bikurim. If the pasuk says in in in, in Mishpatim, Chav Gimel Tezayim V'Chaga Kotzeb Bikurim Asecha. That's when we bring it. That's when the Bikurim are brought. Pesach is Chodesh Aviv. Shua says, Aviv is the springtime. Aviv is springtime. Pesach is springtime. Aviv. And Chaga Kotzer is, uh, is, is, is Shua's. That's what it is. That's what they're ready. Not a silly question at all. I don't think I've ever heard a silly question from you in my life. Okay. Okay, everybody say, Shua's like, Rabba for everybody. Call Tobit, thank you all for, uh, what do you say, zooming in? What are you supposed to say over here? Thank you all for calling in. Anyways, it'll be only with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.